Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and we are going into series 2 episode 116 today. We are continuing our study of the Come Follow Me materials for this week which is covering April the 20th to April the 26th which um, has Mosiah chapters 4 to 6 as its focus titled A Mighty Change. We're moving into the final section in the uh, personal scripture study um, part or kind of paragraphs um, in the manual. We're looking at Mosiah chapter 5 verses 5 to 15. I take upon myself the name of Christ when I make covenants. Now this is uh, again a very you know packed section. I imagine that we'll take two days to get through this and I think that uh, as we do go through these verses it's, it's really important that we consider where we are in relation to them. When we get to verse 6, uh, King Benjamin has recognised the change of heart that his people have had, and he's inviting them to um, take part in making a covenant. It says, And now these are the words which King Benjamin desired of them, and therefore he said unto them, Ye have spoken the words that I desired, and the covenant which ye have made is a righteous covenant. So we know that this righteous covenant is welding them to their saviour, that they are making this promise that they are going to go forth and try and you know, have this mighty change wrought upon them from this day forward to retain remission of their sins and continue in the light and the knowledge that their Saviour has in store for them. Um, but it's when we get to verse 7 that we start to understand the the interconnectedness of all these things that we've been talking about, how the Saviour has this role in this covenant, that he is the father of this covenant, and that these people will become his coven covenantal children. Now, I want to try and get through to verse 10 in this uh, episode, but we'll see because verse 7 is a big one, a very important one. It says, And now because of the covenants which ye have made, ye shall be called the children of Christ, his sons and his daughters. For behold, this day he hath spiritually begotten you. For ye say that your hearts are changed through faith on his name. Therefore ye are born of him and have become his sons and his daughters. There is a clear link here to Christ being as the father uh, or who is the father of our covenant. Um, and this is why he can be given the name of God, the eternal father, also, as well as our heavenly father. And for those that may seem to think, well, well that doesn't sound quite right. We all need to look at the scripture in Isaiah, uh, which, of course, when that famous scripture we have, which um, foreshadows or foretells the coming of the saviour to the earth that we quote so often in a church um, media and things like that, that, you know, his name shall be Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. You know, we, we sing that, you know, or, the, or we hear that song often at Christmas time. And we don't stop to think that actually, yes, we often call say, the Saviour the Father, but not in the sense that he is our spiritual, our, the Father of our spirits, but he is, he can be called the Everlasting Father for he is everlasting and he is the Father of our covenants. He is the Father of heaven and earth, which we spoke about earlier. Um President Joseph Fielding Smith said, quote, If we speak of Jesus Christ as being our father, we are not making any mistake because spiritually he begot us. No question about it. He united spirit and body, providing a resurrection for every living thing. We do not make any mistake in speaking of the Saviour as our God, as our father, and also as the Son of God, because he received all authority. Jesus declared the Father conferred all authority upon him, and so he becomes to us a father. Moreover, he begot us spiritually in the resurrection, close quote. I think that quote is just, it just lays it out there very clearly, very clear cut. 
why we can refer to the Saviour as our Father. Obviously, we need to understand the relationship that we have with him, that yes, he is our elder brother, but he's also referred to as our Father because of the covenant which he has prepared for us and the fact that he spiritually has begotten us um, in the resurrection and in being our, being our Redeemer. Um, we move further on and um, there's a couple more interesting points that I want to pick out from this. Um, and this is linked to um, the lineage, I guess, of Benjamin, or at least the lineage that we have of, the, of prophets in the Book of Mormon. There's a very interesting uh, parallel between the prophets in the Book of Mormon and prophets in the Old Testament. We could look at Lehi as being the the the, the father of these people. You know, it is from his seed that this people that we're looking at in the Book of Mormon has has sprung from. And if we think about prophets in the Book of Mormon that were promised a lasting generation, that were promised a, a given, given the promise of a promised land where their seed will count, will be more numerous than the sands of the than the, of the shore, then of course we think of Abraham. Uh, and so there is a clear, you know, parallel between these two uh, patriarchs. And then we move further on, and we see Nephi in this role as the, you know, the deliverer. Often, um, the, the people of Lehi was looked to Nephi as the one to lead them through the wilderness. I mean, perfect examples were the ones that he ironically picked out for us, such as when his bow was broken uh, and when they were called upon to cross the ocean. And of course, we know of a well-known prophet in the Old Testament that again, similarly, was looked to as a leader uh, to be to lead the people out of um, persecution and adversity. And he even led them through mighty waters as well. And of course, that was Moses. Uh, we then have um, a bit later on Mosiah the first. Um, he was, you know, t given a promise that the people would have spiritual uh, safety, and that he also led a people away. And then he was given a promise that they will be, they would thrive and be given a temple. And we know of a prophet, or certainly a bit, an important figure in the Old Testament, of someone who was given the promise of a temple, but wasn't yet able to see the full blessings of that, and that was David. And then this leads us to King Benjamin. Now, I'm not saying, and we're certainly not saying that King, that King Benjamin is very is the same as this person, uh, but there is a, a figure in the Old Testament who was given the promise of a temple, who gave a dedicatory prayer at the temple in Jerusalem, and saw many great blessings and gave his people a new name because of this temple, uh, and of course we know that, that was King Solomon, um, the, the the builder and the, you know, the the person whose name was on Solomon's temple, uh, and so when we kind of consider it in that way, we can start to see the parallels, the patterns, that the way the way that the Lord works uh, through all of his people. And to consider how those blessings can apply to us, uh, we then think about Benjamin himself. Now, Benjamin um, is interesting because he his name is kind of a, a play on words. In Hebrew, Ben means son, and words for child and daughter come from this same root. So his name, Ben, means son or child, and then Jamin uh, usually means right hand. So Benjamin would literally mean the son of the right hand. And what you find that's quite interesting is in verse um, 9, I believe it is, it says, And it shall come to pass that whosoever doeth this shall be found at the right hand of God, for he shall know the name by which he is called, for he shall be called by the name of Christ. Now that's fascinating because he is literally saying, you know, that he's playing, he's doing, he's he's teaching with a play on his name. 
Now, obviously, back in the in in the uh, ancient world, in the old world, and in antiquity, the leader was often seen as an anointed person, a person that was called by God to lead the people and would be on their right hand. And so now he's saying that they are to become the sons on the right hand or the children on the right hand of God. Um, and this is quite revolutionary teaching at this time because this is an opportunity for for Benjamin to say to them, look, I, you know, I'm on the right hand of God as a, as a leader, but all through his his sermon, he's been saying, but I am like you. I, I, am, I am at your level. You know, I have no reason to think myself above you. We're all beggars. You know, all these messages that come through seemingly, you know, random parts through his message suddenly all become tied into one when you understand that what he is trying to teach them is that they are to become on the right hand or children on the right hand of God or Benjamins in that sense, that they are and they have the potential to be royal, to have that divine lineage, to have that divine inheritance from a heavenly king, um, similar in the way that he is trying to show them that they have been the important people in his leadership. Uh, and this, again, you know, was quite a big um, turning point in their understanding, um, something which they hadn't really thought before that they could all be potentially kings and queen, queens on the right hand of God. Um, and that was something which, you know, he was trying to get across them when they make this covenant, that this is now a possibility for them. Elder David A. Bednar, just to finish, says this, quote, Scriptures help us understand that the process of taking upon ourselves the name of Jesus Christ that has commenced in the waters of baptism is continued and enlarged, where? In the house of the Lord. As we stand in the waters of baptism, we look to the temple. As we partake of the sacrament, we look to the temple. We pledge always to always remember the Saviour and to keep his commandments as preparation to participate in the sacred ordinances of the temple and receive the highest blessings available th uh, through the name and by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thus, in the ordinances of the holy temple, we more completely and fully take upon us the name of Jesus Christ. Close quote. I like, I like that quote because it, it kind of tied everything up together that I was trying to get across. This is not just a simple teaching by King Benjamin about a covenant they've made. You know, we talk about covenants pretty often in the restored church of the Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But it's through these covenants and through our worship at the temple, which, let's not forget, was where King Benjamin called all his people to, you know, be at. Uh, and there was just so many of them that they couldn't all fit in there that they had this name available to them. And they were to become, as he is, as he and by name also, Benjamins, that they could be on the right hand of God and receive the blessings as as kings and queens and priests and priestesses unto God, uh, as they took upon him them his name at the temple. As many of you will know, there's a lot of temple significance behind those things that he's teaching, and that just you know is enlightening to me. Um, yeah, we didn't get to verse 10. Nearly, nearly did. We got to verse 9. So we'll continue with verse 10 through to verse 15 tomorrow. Hope you've enjoyed that study. If there's anything that you've been studying, please share it um, at MattSRoberts90 on Twitter. You can email session at gmail.com. And of course, there is always um, the Facebook group, which I'd love to have more people join. It's Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. Thank you very much for listening. And until we meet again.